One of the first responsibilities of a new parent is to name the baby. That's one of the first things you have to do. Sometimes it's easy. Sometimes parents have planned for weeks, months, whatever, and they've come up with just the perfect name. But then other times it can be difficult. It can be difficult when you want to name your child after your great-grandfather, Ebenezer. But somehow it's hard to find another name that goes with Ebenezer. So sometimes that doesn't quite work out. Or sometimes your, your wife or your husband will come up with this wonderful name and they'll say, Oh, I've always wanted a child named this. But then that name was maybe the name of maybe one of your former girlfriends and things didn't quite work out. And so you don't want to go through life with your child always reminding you of that. So those can be difficult little issues that come up when you go to name a child. It is something that sometimes parents agonize over. As much as we care about names, in biblical times, there's a great deal of emphasis put on names. A lot of the names in Scripture we find have symbolic meaning. They were picked not just because the name sounded good, but because it had some meaning about the person or about some event. Or, For instance, in Scripture, a lot of times God changed names. Abram became Abraham. Jacob became Israel, Simon became Peter, Saul became Paul. So when you read names in the Bible, it might not just be the name of somebody's great-grandfather or a name that just sounds interesting, but a lot of times there's a symbolic name or something symbolic attached to it. If you look through Scripture, and I didn't actually go and count them all, but I am told that there are more than 250 different names for Jesus in Scripture. You'll be glad to know that in our series, He Shall Be Called, we're not going to look at all 250 of those names for lots of obvious reasons. But we're going to look at a few of them. In fact, we're going to be looking specifically at Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. We're going to spend the next four weeks looking at, at these four names that are given to Messiah, that are given to Jesus. And we're not going to look at them just so that we'll have a better understanding of those particular names, but we're going to look at them so we'll have a richer and a deeper understanding of Jesus Christ himself and what those names of him mean, not just in meaning, but mean for our lives on a daily basis. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. He writes, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. These are remarkable names for a baby, but this is no ordinary baby. And this is the baby whose birth has been foretold and who has been anticipated for a long, long time. There are three phrases that come at the beginning of the verse that tell us a little bit about this child and why this is a special child. It says, a child will be born. First of all, he's the son of man. It's a statement about his humanity. He began life as we all do, as a baby. He grew up, he experienced growing like we experience growing as we grow up and the different issues that come with that. He experienced temptation even though he did not sin and he died, not for his own sins, but rather for the sins 
of the world. And as a man, Jesus, the Messiah, felt what we feel. He hurt like we hurt. He wept like we wept. He was hungry like we are hungry. He's also son of God. Son will be given to us, Isaiah writes. He will be given, not, not born, but, but given. Uh, it speaks of his eternal nature. Isaiah doesn't say it specifically, but it's the idea that he existed before his birth, that he is God himself, and that he is the second person of the Trinity, and that he's given to be our Savior, and he's the perfect Son of God. If you want to read a little bit more about some of those things, Philippians 2, 2 through 7 is a good place to go. And he's the King of Kings. It says the government will be upon his shoulders. It looks beyond just his coming at Christmas, but to a time in the future and, and his reign. But in the meantime, that government operates in secret, sort of. It operates in, in those of us who love him and who trust him. And even though he's not reigning in physical form, he's reigning in the hearts of his people. So what distinguishes Messiah and his government from earthly governments? In Isaiah's time, as well as the, the present time, earthly governments are made up of human beings, and human beings are fallible, and human beings make mistakes. So earthly governments are imperfect. Earthly governments are temporary. Sometimes they're incompetent. Sometimes they're self-serving. Sometimes they're corrupt. And even at their best, there is no way an earthly government can fulfill the true needs of an individual's heart. There are four descriptive uh, names that are, are given in Isaiah chapter 9 for Messiah. And this Christmas prophecy shows us that Jesus is different than any power on earth. The first name that is given to him is Wonderful Counselor. In a nutshell, what that means is Messiah's kingdom has the answer to the world's confusion. Messiah's kingdom has the answer to the world's confusion. Some translations of Scripture put a comma between wonderful and counselor, but I, I really believe they go together as some of the more current translations have it. The Hebrew word for wonderful means something that's uncommon. It means something that's out of the ordinary. It means a phenomenon lying outside the realm of human expl explanation. It's that which is separated from the normal course of events. It's something that cannot be explained. That's what wonderful means in this compound name. And the second part is counselor. And the historic Hebrew usage of counselor is the idea of a king giving counsel to his people. So you have this one-of-a-kind, unexplained, out-of-the-ordinary, wonderful counselor, this king that's giving counsel to his people. Isaiah 11, verse 2 says, The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. During his time on earth, Jesus demonstrated his ability and his wisdom as a counselor. In fact, the New Testament records numerous encounters that Jesus had with people where he counseled them. He knew what to say. He knew when to say it. He knew how to search the hearts of the individuals. He knew when to reach out, but he also knew when to rebuke and when to correct things. And even the skeptics of the day, even those who didn't believe he was who he said he was, 
found something very special in his ability. John chapter 7, beginning in verse 15, it says, The Jews there were amazed and asked, How did this man get such learning without having been taught? And when asked by the leaders why they didn't arrest him, the guards said in verse 46, it says, No one ever spoke the way this man does. The guards replied. But the question for us, and as we enter this Advent season approaching Christmas, the the question for us is, is why do we need a counselor? Why do I need one? Why, Why do you need a counselor in your life? Well, very simply, the world is a confusing place. The world is a very confusing place. In fact, you don't have to to look very far back in this past year to find out that there's a lot of confusion in the world about a lot of things. If you look very recently at the issues going on in Ferguson, Missouri, there's a lot of confusion. There are many different emotions, many different angles, many different perspectives, many different impressions, many different reactions. If you look at the legalization of of gay marriage in West Virginia and around the country and the change in in the traditional marriage, it brings confusion. When you look at the vast divide in our government between conservative and liberal ideals, there's confusion. When you look at the conflicting opinions about global warming, When you look at the conflicting opinions about the immigration issue, there's a lot of confusion going on in our country and in our world about a whole lot of things. Now, we can do three things, one of three things. We can interpret these for ourselves. We can sit down and we can come to grips with ourselves. How do I feel about all of these issues? How do I feel? Or we can let society interpret it for us. We can follow the news and we can watch enough news that will influence and decide the issue for us. Or or we can just let however society comes down on on this particular issue or this thing that's going on, we can let society interpret it for us. Or we can let the wonderful counselor interpret it for us. In a world of confusion, we need someone who is able to separate truth from lies. In all of those issues that I mentioned, in all of those circumstances that I mentioned, there's an element of truth and there's an element of lies. And how do we figure out, how do we figure out in those situations and a whole lot more, what's the truth and what's a lie? If we rely on ourselves, if we rely just on society, then a lot of times the truth is going to end up on the lie, or or what we're going to come down on is on the lie side. What we need is the truth, and Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is the source of all truth. He is the only one that can really separate truth from lies. He is the way, he said. And he is the truth, and he is the life. And he is the only one who can make sense of life's confusion. Now, you might say, well, (laughs) I know all those things are going on, but I'm going to be honest with you. I don't have time to worry about all that. Because my life is one big mess of confusion. 
There's enough confusion going on in my life. There is so much confusion going on in my life that I don't have time to worry about what's going on anywhere else. And I understand that. There are a lot of people who are confused about what path to take in life. And people come and talk to me about that all the time. There are people who are confused about the fact that it seems like that their life maybe is going in the wrong direction. Or there are people who are confused about the fact that they think their life is going in the right direction, but somehow things just aren't working out the way they planned. Or there's confusion about a relationship. Or there's confusion about no matter how hard you try, things keep getting worse. Or there's confusion about the choices that others who are close to you make. And you can't understand why in the world that person is making those choices in their life. There's confusion about the loss of a loved one. There's confusion about why, thing, why bad things happen to good people. There's confusion about things related to God and faith. There's confusion about why is my world, my personal world, crashing down. There's a lot of confusion. And that's why we need a wonderful counselor, not just to interpret and tell us the truth about things going on on the grand scale uh, around the world, but we need a wonderful counselor who can make sense of our confusion that's going on in our lives at this particular time. We need someone and the wonderful counselor, Jesus Christ, is the only one who can make sense of the confusion in life. Now, we turn to a lot of different places to find answers in our confusion. And instead of turning to, to Christ, a lot of times we'll, we'll, we'll turn to, to psychologists or psychiatrists or analysts or philosophers or slick-sounding religious celebrities or astrologers or, or other human advisors or we'll buy the latest self-help book. And, and I want to be careful here because I, I, this is not this great denunciation of qualified professional help, and it's not a denunciation of advice from trusted Christian friends, and it's not a denunciation of fine Christian writers. I refer people to those people all the time because I can't deal with my limited ability sometimes with counseling to, to deal with, with deeper issues. So those people are out there, and I love to recommend good books to people. So this isn't a, a wholesale denunciation of that. God works through those people. I believe that. But regardless, they are not a substitute for the critical truth that can only come to us, that life-changing truth that can come to us through Jesus Christ. The ultimate answer to all of life's confusion is found in him. And we have a certain amount of counseling that's available to us when we read scripture. I mean, you think about it, the prophets and the disciples of Jesus, books and letters that, that are written for us in scripture, and they're a great resource for us to go to. In fact, Bible study should be an extremely important priority in your day, along with prayer. So, so that's available to us. And there's a wealth of information that you can find in Scripture. There's knowledge and there's understanding of God's will, and, and there are things that we can find in Scripture. But it's the application of those things that's called wisdom. And that knowledge and that understanding is available to us, but to find the true wisdom, we need help. And we need that wonderful counselor in our lives to help us apply 
what we have learned and what we've known and what we've understood. Now, who is that counselor? It's the wonderful counselor of Jesus Christ. But you say, well, but <laughs> I don't see him. <laughs> Where is he? If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, and I have said this probably every Sunday for the last three months. Uh, I don't apologize for it, but I want you to understand it. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And to help you interpret things in Scripture, to help you interpret life, to help you deal with all the confusion, you don't need to make an appointment. You don't need to stand in line. You don't need to make a phone call. The help that you need, the spirit that you need, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit to help you apply, the spirit to teach you truth, the spirit to help you deal with confusion in your life lives inside of you. He is right there, and he is available inside of you, the Holy Spirit. And for those of us who are believers, we need to call on that power every day. If you're not a believer, that power can be available to you through a relationship with Jesus Christ. I read in a book uh, where someone was talking about the three things that they felt were important as far as Jesus being the wonderful counselor to try to just give it a, a sense of something that people can maybe understand and hang on to from a very practical sense. And this person be believes that there are three things that this wonderful counselor Jesus gives to us. The first one is he gives us an accurate diagnosis. If you go to a counselor, you want to go to a counselor that's going to give you an accurate diagnosis of your problem. You don't want to go to somebody who's not going to do that. And a lot of times, people will, will have difficulty. And I'm not saying this is impossible, but for instance, if... If you are a married couple and going to a single person for counseling, I'm not saying that that person can't help you. I'm not saying that there's some, not some wonderful counselors out there. But if, but if you're looking for someone who really knows firsthand maybe some of the, your struggles, maybe that's not the person that you would want to go to. If you're dealing with depression, you don't want to go to someone who's just going to say, well, buddy, you just need to grow up and get over it. Uh, that's not the kind of person you want to go to. The kind of person you want to go to is someone that understands. And so you might say, well, <laughs> but Jesus, Jesus was single. Jesus was God in the flesh. Jesus never sinned. How in the world can Jesus understand what I'm going through? Very simply because he went through it too. He's not only God fully, but he is also fully man. We talked about that just a couple of minutes ago. The idea that, that Jesus came here and he experienced everything firsthand just as you experience it. Hebrews 2.18 says, Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. One of the great messages of Christmas is God left heaven and came here as a man to come face to face, not just with us, 
but to come face to face and experience everything that we experience in life. He knew what it was like to suffer. He knew what it was like to be tempted. He knew what it was like to want to strike back at someone. He knew what it was like to want to give up. He knew what it was like to be poor and homeless. He knew what it was like to deal with the death of a friend. He knew what it was like to have friends, in fact, a whole lot of friends, desert him in his time of need. He experienced all of that. So when Jesus says, come to me, when we describe Jesus as the wonderful counselor, he will give you an accurate diagnosis. He understands because he's experienced what you've experienced firsthand. He understands. The Bible says that he was without sin, but the Bible does not say that he was without struggle. And he can help you in your struggles and in your confusion. But he'll also give the right prescription. Uh, a good counselor is not just sympathetic. A good counselor will not just pat you on the head and tell you he understands and you can go home. A good counselor knows how to help. A good counselor will come up with an appropriate prescription for whatever your problem is. And in the, with Jesus, the wonderful counselor, that prescription comes directly from God. So it's reliable. Here's Jesus' prescription. First, he tells us truth. Now, we may not always want to hear the truth, but Jesus, as the wonderful counselor, will tell us the truth. If there's something wrong in our lives, he will tell us that. If there's sin in our lives, he will point it out to us. He'll tell us the truth. But he's not just there to tell us the truth. He's not just there to say, look, there's sin in your life. You're in trouble, buddy. He's there to give you a remedy. The Bible says that if we confess our sins, that he will forgive our sins. And we are called to repent. There's, there's forgiveness. There's confession. There's forgiveness. And there's repentance. There may be sin in your life, but there's a remedy for that sin. And then what he does is he gives you a continuing plan, a health plan, basically, for continued health. That we're to trust him. We're to trust him in everything and follow him and obey him instead of trusting and following and obeying ourselves. And the third thing is measurable results. If you're going to a counselor, you probably want to go to somebody who has a pretty good track record, someone who's had success in their practice. Not just someone who understands the problem, not just someone who will prescribe something, but someone who prescribes something that actually works and has measurable results. That's the test of a true counselor. If you look in the Bible, all sorts of encounters where Jesus provided counsel to people, and their lives were changed forever. But the good news is that didn't just happen in Scripture. That didn't just happen in the New Testament. That continues to happen, and it happens today. And I see it every day. And you see it every day, too. Some of you experience it every day in your life. We experience it when we baptize new believers here at Clarksburg Baptist Church. You witness a change that has been made in their lives by that wonderful counselor. 
the Clarksburg Mission. Countless stories of lives that have been changed because of this wonderful counselor. Come here, a testimony on a Tuesday night at Celebrate Recovery. You will hear how the wonderful counselor has changed lives. His track record is impeccable. What I hope that you see at Christmas this year is not just that Christ was born. That's a historical event. I want you to see more than that. What I want you to see at Christmas is that when Jesus came to be born in Bethlehem, the wonderful counselor was born. And he is the one that you've been looking for all your lives. And people will say, well, no, not really. I I haven't been looking for him. Why would I want to look for him? Oh, you've been looking for him. You just didn't know it was him you were looking for. Because every time you go through life and every time something goes wrong and every time you go to this source for help and every time it doesn't help you, you go to another source. And in your confusion, you go from here to here to here to here to here to here to here and nothing works. Nobody helps. Their advice doesn't work. Nothing helps. My friend, you are looking for the wonderful counselor. You just don't know it. So what you need to do is stop looking in all the wrong places and come to the wonderful counselor, Jesus, who was born in Bethlehem, God who became a man, because he is the one that can help you. He is the one that can heal you. He is the one that can clear up your confusion. He is the one that can save you, and he is the one that can provide for you eternal life, and he's the only one. So don't tell me you've not been looking for it. You have. You just don't know that you have. But regardless, he's available to you. He's the one who understands when nobody else does. He is the one who stands by us when no one else will. He is the only one who can help us confront the past and begin again. And he is the only one who can help us find God that we thought was totally out of reach for us. But even this wonderful counselor cannot help us unless we are willing to be helped. Now, there's a phrase that some people think is in Scripture, and it's not for good reason, uh, that God helps those who help themselves. That's not true. God helps those who will allow themselves to be helped. God's help is not contingent upon you doing something. God's help is not contingent upon you holding up your end of the bargain necessarily. God's help is available, and he gives it to you. And this wonderful counselor, Jesus Christ, says, here it is. Here it is. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I will help you. Here I am. You don't have to do anything except accept my help that I offer to you freely. Is it possible this is who you've been looking for all your life? If it is, he's available to you. And maybe it's time to stop running faster and farther away from your problems and let this wonderful counselor come in and change your life. Maybe it's time to stop and listen to him. Or maybe it's time to stop hiding Maybe it's time to stop hiding from those 
things that, that haunt you. And let the wonderful counselor come in and clear up your confusion and give you a fresh start. That's what he wants to do, and that's what he offers to you if you'll just accept it. You don't have to hide from the truth about yourself. He knows everything about you already and loves you anyway. Isn't that wonderful? He knows every detail about us, every mistake we've made, every wrong thing we've said, every wrong thing we've thought. He knows everything about us, and he loves us anyway. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem, it was God's way of sending the help that we need. Indeed, it was God sending the only true help that will change our lives now and bring us into eternity when we leave this earth. Preacher once said, it was God leaving the throne of heaven to become a baby so that he might come into our world, take our hand, and lead us home. Let's pray.